War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hello, hello and welcome to a new episode of Let's Talk Video Games. I'm Valter Nunez and I am the host of this show. On November 10, we got the release of the latest installment of the Assassin's Creed series. This game, that goes by the name of Valhalla, is focused on Vikings. The game is uh, developed by the usual developer, uh, Ubisoft, and it is the third game that focuses more on RPG elements. This trend started on Assassin's Creed Origins. What this means is that uh, you level up throughout the game and you get more more powerful and get more skills that will help you on tougher areas. And I will be reviewing the following aspects of the game. That's um, story, world building, music and sound design, and game mechanics and controls. So, without further ado, let's start. So let's start with the story, as usual. Uh, in this time, you will be playing as Eivor, an orphan viking that was taken into the care of a Norse king. You can play as either a female or a male Eivor. You make this decision in the first minutes of the game, but the good thing is that you can change it whenever you want. So if you think you would like, after you know, a few hours, to experience the story as a male Eivor, Eivor I'm sorry, you can try it out. So, um, it's important to know that uh, the Vikings you um, belong to are from Norway. There are some Vikings in uh, uh, Denmark too. Uh, you, so, you know, there's, there's a difference. They are kind of similar, but different in your own um, features, special features, so to speak. Um, what happens is that uh, for some circumstances, you have to you decide to move from Norway to England, you know, try to explore greener grasses. You go with your, um, I wouldn't say half-brother, but your uh, step-brother, Sigurd. Sigurd is the blood uh, son of the king, the heir to the throne of the king, uh, but you decide to go with him and some members of the Raven clan. Um, to England in search for, you know, riches, adventure, and you want to create a community there. So the thing is, when you get to England, there are two main issues. The first one is that you are new to the land, so you don't know pretty much anything about it. So you have to discover uh, little by little how everything works in England. And the other thing is that people don't really like you. They don't know you, like, personally, but they don't like Vikings because of the bad reputation that other Vikings have created. They raid, they kill, they rape, and they do a lot of brutal and bad things to people that were in England at the time. So they are not uh, welcoming you with open arms. Uh, and that's, that's the interesting part, you know, because uh, I think probably for the first time ever you are not comfortable in a place right away. You have to um, build alliances and start creating your own story based on the actions you do and the people you help. 
So that I think that's one of the strongest points uh, on the story regarding Eivor and the Raven Clan and the whole thing of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, um, another thing that's very, very nice is um, the thing about um, Sigurd and how you you um, interact with him, because um, you are considered. You consider Sigurd as your brother, and he considers you a brother or sister, depending on, on which um, type of character you decided to be or which type of Eivor you wanted to be. Um, and, and what's important is that that relationship is going to be key to a lot of aspects of the game. And Sigurd is one example, and it's probably one of the most uh, touched themes or relationships throughout the game, but there are a lot more, and... The, the, the characters, the NPCs, non-playable characters, really feel alive, really feel like they do have an impact on what Eivor is experimenting. Um, usually, in most games, um, NPCs are just there for the sake of being there. Like, if you have to do a quest, they just provide a person or an NPC or something to give it to you, so you just don't have to, like, read from a letter or something to other more... Um, realism so to speak but in reality it doesn't feel like uh like uh like the character is alive you know like it could be a real character uh, outside from the game however in assassin's creed valhalla i think they manage that thing very very nicely they really showcase um how uh gray people can be you know they're not uh, always uh, like white or they're not always black they they have these uh gray tones throughout the whole game sometimes you make a good choice sometimes you make a bad one and that that um ability to make mistakes from both uh eivor and the npcs is really important to make you feel like england and uh ravensthorpe and um in general the raven clan and everything around you is alive and it affects how you are going to play even though maybe it is probably it is scripted, it doesn't really feel like it. It feels like there's a flow, a natural flow to the story, and everything just makes sense. It just it doesn't happen randomly. It, you are not expecting some things to happen. Um, I don't know if this makes any sense. There are some times when you're playing that you know there's going to be a problem right away, like you are expecting it. And uh, you get to a point in Assassin's Creed Valhalla and to that specific point where you are sure there's going to be a problem and the problem isn't there and the problem just uh, maybe disappears completely uh, or maybe just happens way uh, afterwards. And sometimes new problems arise when you were not expecting them. You think some uh, matter is already resolved and it isn't for some reason. So... Um, a lot of these things have a lot of uh, impact on how you play. And talking also about these uh, things you think are already solved, here's what um, the decisions you make are really important because there are some missions where you can decide, for example, the, the fate uh, or the, if someone is going to leave or die. You have to decide between two, three, or four people if they are going to leave or they deserve death. How do you decide that? Well, uh, you need to investigate clues uh, for a certain crime or treason or whatever. The clues are non-conclusive. 
they are not they, they don't say like yeah it's uh this guy like 100 percent it is clear if you find all the clues but again not explicit and that makes you feel like the investigation is real and that your decision it doesn't come as lightly as it could um you can't just say 100% like super mega ultra sure that it's that guy. Like you're very, very certain that he is, but there's like a little doubt there, uh, you know, around that name. Uh, however, you have to do uh, to take a, a decision and that person, no matter what, he's going to die if you make the right call. Everything's fine. If you do not, there are repercussions to that. So th those things are what make the the story so, so engaging. And even though I felt like the story was a little bit slow, especially on the Norway part, as soon as you get to England, things just go super fast, super quick, and that's great. You feel the rush every single time you do stuff. You are trying to explore more and more. I find I, I just find myself sometimes like doing uh, some missions that are not from um, the main story because I totally forgot about the main story and just got so into some of the other stuff and trying to complete certain areas and things. So um, I think it's really important for games to, to do this, to do um, a believable NPC character, and not only one, not only like, yeah, the brother of Ivor, Sigurd, but also all, all of the other characters that are there to support the the raven clan you know there there's the armorer there's the tattoo artist there's the guy who um take care of the horses that i don't remember the name uh th there are a lot of things to do in the raven clan in the community and all of those characters feel so unique and important in some way to how the community is working so uh again that's i think that's amazing and um obviously with all of this talk about the community and how this works I think uh, it's like a good way to start talking about the world building because obviously um, Ravensthorpe, Ravensthrone, I don't remember exactly the name, is the main uh, community for the Raven Clan in England. And it's obviously part of the world building and everything around what Eivor does is um, centered on doing that. Um, now, you have obviously... Uh, as I said, some of uh, the the important pe people, like the armorer, you got the tattoo artist, which is amazing. You can, can uh, change your hair. You can change uh, the style and the and the color of your hair. You can change if you're a male, uh, Avor, your beard. Uh, you can change a lot of your tattoos. You have uh, uh, arm tattoos, back tattoos, uh, head tattoos, and uh, uh, chest tattoos. So they, they are pretty cool, not going to lie. And um, there's also this uh, thing that I, I I like to a degree and I dislike to a degree too. Um, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there are not any um, uh, side quests, like technically speaking. There are quests that are not, um, there are missions that are not from the main quest line but there are not quests as we would normally call them they are called uh world events 
what's the difference? Well, um, the difference is that you cannot have like um, uh, like a written thing on 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 the quest. You know, what you usually do is like you have the main quests and the side quests, and you can do each of those whenever you want, and you can check those wherever you are in the map. Like, yeah, I have this side quest of helping this uh, dude find his uh, lost goat, you know? However, in these uh, in these games, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there is not such thing as keeping a record of which side quests or in this uh, um, specific uh, game, which uh, world events you are currently uh, uh, doing or have as active. So you usually have to do them right away. Again, they are really fast like you can do them in like i don't know two minutes five minutes the like the most uh the most but um it, it's fast again it is not the worst thing but i would have liked to have uh like a written record of which quests and what do i have to do if i want to uh for for later on you know um that being said, there is also the thing of the enemies. The enemies, there are a lot of types of enemies, like 25, 30, something like that. There are a lot. Um, but the thing is, they all look kind of the same, most of them. There are obviously some that are very, very distinctive, but in general, they all look the same. Um, you have to focus on the weapons they are uh, holding to kind of understand how to engage them. And in like a huge battle, it is not always easy to, to notice that, you know? It is, it, it gets kind of hard. Um, so I would have liked like a little bit more of a distinctive design for all of these enemies. I know it's going to be difficult, like having 20 or 30 different, complete different designs, but again, Something maybe a little bit different than just the weapon. Sometimes it's not as easy to notice if someone's like carrying a sword or a hammer, and while you are expecting like a normal hit from a sword that you can like easily block, here comes the hammer and it fucks you up. So not as good, um, but not as bad either. Yeah, meh. It's not great. It's flawed. That's it. There is this other thing um, on the world building that it's important. It can be missed. It is not uh, essential for the game, but it does provide, um, for example, extra dialogue options. And that's flighting. That's like flying, but with a T, flighting. That's pretty much a rap battle. I don't care what everybody says. Like, I don't care if you say that it's like poetry or whatever. It's a freaking rap battle. You have to stay on theme. You have to do like the same uh, uh, structures. And you answer what the other people are telling you in an aggressive manner. So, yes, that is a rap battle. So, you feel like Eminem on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You can do it. You can certainly, certainly um, do it. And, um, yeah, I think, um, oh, there's another thing on regarding the world building. Um, 
I really like the I the the, the confirmed kill cutscenes. Um, this is kind of a story and world building at the same time because obviously the, the confirmed kills are part of the story. As an assassin, you have these confirmed kills where um, you have like like the ending uh, of the spirit of of, the, of anyone you're killing. That has happened in pretty much every game. I think every game on Assassin's Creed. And even though this time you are not in the Creed, um, like literally, and you are like uh, being kind of outsourced by the Creed because you only care about the Raven Clan, but you have like common enemies. Um, these cutscenes really serve as giving mysticism to the whole uh, Viking idea. They, the, the, the thing is that Ubisoft uh, tried to create the, the story and the whole world, the whole England and Norway areas as uh, part of the Viking, um, I, I don't know if it's religion, I would say culture or traditions, you know, uh, but there is kind of a religion because of the gods, you know, Odin and Thor and Loki and... Freya and all of those gods that are uh, Norse gods or Viking gods, I don't know if the Danes have the same gods, um, they have an impact on how the story unfolds and how the world is built. So uh, these confirmed kills are a really great way to, to boost the, that mysticism of killing and connection to, to, the, to Asgard or Valhalla or, or the gods for Eivor and um, again provide a really nice uh, context and tradition to what Assassin's Creed usually does. And I think with that we should move on to music and sound design. And I would start again with uh, sound design and I think regarding some of the sounds they are very unique and help a lot how the world is um, felt. Uh, there are some points where you can like hear some bells and whistles that show you how close you are to something that's kind of magical or mythical or legendary, like a legendary animal, for instance. And that, that works perfectly. It's great. It's amazing. Um, you, you, you knew, like I, I knew from the very beginning that there was something magical going to happen as I uh, grew closer to that sound. It was very clear on my mind. And doing that with just a single like bells and whistles is is powerful it's really powerful because they train you or you're trained to think that that sound is going to be like a mystical thing or a magic thing uh and they play with that and that's pretty good there's another thing that's super easy i suppose they're like a normal thing that you would expect on a lot of games but again not all of them uh, have that, is that if you put on a helmet as Eivor and you talk, and there's also people who wear, wear helmets, um, like helmets that cover your face, you can still obviously understand what they're saying, but they do sound like if they are like behind the, the helmet, you know? So um, that sound, but again, clear, is very good. You provide the realism of, of people talking through, through metal, but um, it is understandable. So the experience is, again, uh, working perfectly in that regard. And damn, the music is really nice. 
really, really nice. I know I always say this, but I, I've been very clear about um, that a game that doesn't have, that like, do not have a, a good soundtrack is a game that's go going to be successful. 100%, there is no doubt on that on my mind. You can uh, have a lot of issues on a lot of things. You can have uh, voice acting issues. Um, you can have uh, game mechanic issues. You can have world building issues. You can even have story issues. If you do not have a very nicely done and adequate for what you're selling or you're doing uh, soundtrack, you are going to fail completely. There is no coming back from that. And um, I really like how they made this these, uh, whole soundtrack. The, the album is uh, 47 songs uh, long, and it is made by both um, Jesper Kidd, who worked on the original Assassin's Creed and the Ezio saga, and Sarah Schachner. Uh, who worked on Assassin's Creed Unity and Assassin's Creed uh, Origins. Uh, especially the Jesper Kid songs, you are going to feel kind of nostalgic. I have no idea why, but they feel so familiar, even though they are completely different to what we've seen on uh, the, the Ezio and Assass original Assassin's Creed uh, original soundtrack. Uh, I played both uh, soundtracks and... They are different, but then again, they, they have the same soul, so to speak. However, my favorite song of the whole um, album is done by Sarah, and it's called Trust the Currents, uh, which is, uh, I think, very upbeat and hyping, and um, it works, again, perfectly with the game. It provides this, uh, like, uh, blood-pumping sensation you i would have loved to have an option to get out like a higher music output but again I, like the volume in the game is balanced well enough i would like to have only music when in battle but i'm not complaining really hard on that and talking about game mechanics and controls i did have some issues i did have the first issue i encountered was with the controls. Um, I am used to um, having the light attacks and the uh, heavy attacks on the buttons on the front of the controller. Uh, in the case, I, I play the game PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Um, you use the triggers on, on the part of uh, the back of the controller. I'm not used to that and um, Again, I learned pretty fast. I got used to it really fast. I like it now. But I would have liked to have the chance to play it as I usually do RPGs and um, without too much fuss. Now, why am I saying this? I tried to change it, uh, but I just phased... I, just, I know I was like shown like a big-ass control scheme with like 40 or 70 uh, buttons that you had to change and I just tried to change like the heavy attacks and the light attacks but it just told me that they were overlapping with something else and there could be like problems so I tried to change other things and I ended up messing my whole controllers and I had to reset and I think the solution was fairly easy just have control um, 
presets, like a lot of games, like most uh, AAA games, just have a preset for it, like original preset or Assassin's Creed Valhalla preset or whatever preset. Uh, instead of me trying to change everything, if you are on PC, you're used to it. And honestly, it's not as difficult because you have way too many um, keys. But on the controller, it was super hard. Like, there were too many options for me. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a pleasant uh, experience. So I decided to just play like that. And it was kind of difficult in the beginning. Uh, I, again, I got used to it pretty fast, but uh, not happy with that. And um, however, there are other things that work perfectly, especially on the on the game mechanics thing. The very first thing that I liked is the raids. Um, obviously, if, if you know something about Vikings, you know that they were very popular for raiding England and monasteries and villages, and you do that quite a lot. Um, yeah, you steal from people, um, innocent people, Christians, uh, just because they have gold and supplies and materials, and you don't, and you are trying to build a community. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you do face some resistance. There are soldiers, so you you do have to battle. Again, it's good. I really like that. It's probably one of the most uh, uh, interesting things and the things you get the most fun out of because um, you go in your longboat and you have your uh, soldiers or your Vikings. You blow your horn and everybody gets down and gets to business and it's just fighting and bloodshed and brutal things and... The, the combat is super brutal. It's amazing. I really like that. And um, again, as we're talking about Vikings, it makes sense to say that stealth is not as um, big as it usually was on other Assassin's Creed games. You are a Viking and you are not supposed to be sneaky. Uh, I know that's an Assassin's Creed game, but as I said before, you are kind of uh, being outsourced by the Creed, so you are not part of it. Um, so yeah, you, you are trying very hard to grow your your clan, make it better, and um, you do not know silence and stealthiness. So you just go right in and kill every motherfucker you find. And that's amazing. That's freaking amazing. I've always wanted that when I was a kid and I read about Vikings and how brutal they were. It's an amazing experience. And I think they did the right choice, but not doing everything so stealthy. You can do it if you want to, but it's going to be a bit harder. Um, the other thing is that the weapon management has changed finally, and it works perfectly. Um, now you won't have like 70 spears and 30 swords on your inventory that serve absolutely no purpose other than taking space on your inventory and maybe give you a little bit of gold when you sell them. Now uh, weapons are kind of, um, I would say, unique and you can upgrade them. So if you decide, for instance, that you want your father's hammer, uh, Avors obviously, <laughs> Um, <laughs> your Avor's <laughs> father's um, hammer. Um, you can just keep upgrading it throughout the game, and it will kind of level with you, 
level up with you. So you won't be on a disadvantage at any point in the game. Uh, I think that's perfect. I think that's amazing. And uh, you can finally get attached to a weapon and just use it every single time. And you can change if you want to. And you will get a really good uh, uh, weapon. Now, um, the other thing that I didn't quite like, honestly, and that's the last thing I'm going to talk about game mechanics, is um, parrying. If you do not what know what parrying is, is this um, thing that if you time just right uh, blocking of an attack from an enemy, you kind of um, uh, displace them or stun them or uh, take out of a lot of uh, stamina from them and you can counterattack. Sometimes, a lot of the times, straight out kill the other people. Um, however, this time it, it feels flawed, completely flawed. It doesn't make any sense to me. When an enemy is going to attack you when, uh, with an attack that is uh, blockable, uh, uh, like a uh, an orange or kind of yellowish, orangish um, notification or light appears uh, on top of them. So you turn to them, you block them with your shield at the same time that that thing is on, and you miss. Why? Well, because that light doesn't say, hey, click your block button and you'll parry. It's like, I'm going to attack you, um, in some time between now, like exactly now, and the next 1.5 seconds. You don't know when. So it doesn't matter if that thing is blinking or not, because you have to focus on the weapon. And again, as I said before, focusing on one single weapon when you are in the middle of a raid or a battle, it's not as easy as it should be or as it could be. Maybe you are facing four enemies at the same time and, and the, the notification or the light that uh, that uh, appears uh, on the top of them doesn't make any freaking sense. It just distracts you and you're trying to parry that. You miss that and then the other guy hits you at the same time. You didn't block that. You didn't parry the first one. And now you're just losing health by the most stupid thing ever. Um I think that's an, an issue because I don't think it's a bug. I'm pretty sure that's not a bug. Uh, I have seen it every single game. So, uh, like gameplay I've seen, I researched a lot of that. And it's just bad game design. I wish, I really wish that um, Ubisoft changes that because it makes absolutely no sense to have that option if you are not going to do it correctly. You either... Uh, have the, the light appear when you have to parry or just don't have the light at all. And um, yeah, I think that's all on the um, on the um, four aspects of the game I, I was going to review. But I do want to talk about things that are obviously on everyone's mind. Box. <sighs> Ubisoft, sometimes called uh, Soft because of the amount of bugs on some of the games, um, is very popular for having issues and errors on a lot of their AAA games, especially since Assassin's Creed Unity, which was a disaster. Now, I do want to say that I faced a lot of problems on my PlayStation 4, and I do mean a lot. Um, when uh, uh, some characters were talking, 
like um, conversations uh, just overlapped. Eivor and Sigurd and some other people were just talking at the same time and nobody could understand that. And there's also issues with the lightning. Like you, you entered an, an area when it was day and the cutscene showed everything dark and you couldn't see shit. Or the other way around, it was super light and you couldn't see anything, just like pretty much white. Um, there's also the thing of uh, that in some of the puzzles you were shown throughout the game, my controller wouldn't stop vibrating uh, for I don't know why. So um, I had to restart the whole uh, game for it to stop, which was very weird. Um, uh, obviously, the loading times were super slow. Like uh, it could take like two minutes sometimes to just fast traveling. Terrible. Uh, however, um, when I moved to the game to PlayStation 5, it went so smoothly. I have no complaints about the the game, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, on PlayStation 5. Zero bugs. Zero issues. No problems at all. I don't know if it's um, that Ubisoft tried to make the game for um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and Series S and then uh, try to move that just to sell for... Um, Xbox One and, and PlayStation 4, and that, like, didn't quite work. Or what's going on? I, I don't understand that. I also know um, that there are some issues, especially on, on the compression, audio compression on the um, PC, but I haven't uh, had any issues uh, myself regarding that. I just, you know, want to wanna say. Uh, so, yeah, I, on PlayStation 5, it just worked perfectly and the textures are obviously way better um they look so nice the ray tracing is great the frame rate is uh very steady uh, i think I, I i saw a video of digital foundry that they showed how it ran on playstation 5 and xbook series x and surprisingly the frame rate was more steady on playstation 5 um, which makes no sense to me, but uh, whatever. Um, yeah, my, my experience on PlayStation 5 has been flawless. And I overall I would recommend, obviously, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think is one of the most uh, well-done games Ubisoft has released in the, in the last few years. Um, Odyssey Origins were really good, but I really feel like this game is taking back some of the original stuff that was really nice, adding new stuff, and doing just something really, really good. I love the settlement. I think it's the one of the best mechanics of the game. Um, I hope we get to see that in all of the other games, like seeing your settlement grow and getting more people and getting more um, stories and stuff and decorations makes you feel so attached to your home and your characters in your settlement, that's that's really powerful, it's really amazing. And um, yeah, I, I, I really felt like playing uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood at some times, and Black Flag, those are my favorite of the Assassin's Creed saga, uh, bought on like an RPG thing. It was so good, it was really, really nice. And um, even though the, the environment was not as impressive as like um the Assassin's Creed Origins maybe and Odyssey 
the the the, the um, landscapes are beautiful either way. Uh, another thing that I really loved and I missed on the world building thing is that the terrain is done in a way that your horse doesn't have to like stop. Well, there are not of a uh, like cliffs. There are a lot of slopes, but not cliffs. So you have you can just like traverse the land without much hassle. And yeah, I think that that would be all for today. Uh, remember that you can listen to all the episodes and reviews of the show on our website. That's um, let's talk vg.com. And this Friday, we'll have our usual episode uh, talking about the nominees for the Game Awards that were just released uh, yesterday. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that, about who's uh, my personal favorite, who I think is going to win. And um, yeah, uh, uh, some were kind of surprising, some were not. Um, yeah, but we'll be talking about that on Friday and next week, probably going to have a review on Spider-Man Miles Morales. So until then, stay safe. Cheers. Mm -hmm.